Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, a new federal cabinet is about to be unveiled. The reflection that goes into every single job uh, in cabinet is uh, who is the right person to serve Canadians, who is the right person to fulfill the high expectations that uh, Canadians across the country have for this government in all of our priority areas. Reaction to Jean Chrétien's claims that he never heard about abuse in residential schools while he was Minister of Indian Affairs. I think one of the most uh, moving things I found in the evidence of St. Anne's was a handwritten letter from a teacher to Jean Chrétien in 1968 telling Jean Chrétien that crimes were being committed against children, that he, as the Indian Affairs Minister, had to step up and do something. Jean Chrétien never responded. And the Prime Minister prepares to leave for an in-person G20 summit. This is a sustained tour on the international stage that we haven't seen the Prime Minister do in a long time. It's Tuesday, October 26th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by Susan Delacourt, columnist for the Toronto Star. Good morning, Susan. Good morning, Mark. So we've been waiting... Happy Cabinet Shuffle Day. Yes, exactly. Here it is, finally. Uh, we've been waiting quite a long time since the election happened for the, for this day, and then we're going to wait about another four weeks for Parliament to resume. Um, so what are you hearing? There, There's already been a lot of speculation and some reporting this morning on some potential changes. Um, it appears as though there's going to be uh, a change in the in the health ministry where there will be actually two cabinet ministers responsible for different parts of that portfolio. Uh, it appears Marc Garneau could be uh, out of cabinet and no longer foreign affairs minister. Harjit Sajjan, not surprisingly, there'd been a lot of speculation about that, could be moved from defense. So what are you hearing? Well, I, I, I was trying to think why I'm so uh, excited about today. And I think it's because, you know, we went through an election and ended up with almost the same thing, as everybody keeps saying, numbers-wise, shape of parliament. But today is a political development that will give us something different, um, you know, a new stamp on things. I'm not sure that it's going to change the way politics is done here or change the makeup of parliament, but we are going to have some new faces. Um, so, yes, we are hearing a lot of things. I think it's pretty solid that uh, Stephen Guibault, who, uh, who is Heritage Minister, is going to be moving into environment, um, that we were hearing that all over the place. Uh, Harjit Sajjan is gone from defence. Many people thought that this is, this is a move two years too late. The story and the, the speculation is that Anita Anand, who did such a huge, massive job on vaccines is now going to take on a huge, massive role of changing the culture of the military, which will be no easy task for whoever gets it. I, I, I wrote this last week. I, I'm really, what I'm watching for today is whether this prime minister shakes up his cabinet with an eye on big things that are happening or whether it's housekeeping. And he's you know, he shuffled his cabinet before to do big things. Like when Donald Trump was elected, he shuffled his cabinet, put Krista Freeland into position that she still basically is today. Um, he shuffled his cabinet when Doug Ford was elected, too. When, when things are out of the prime minister's control, he tends to shuffle his cabinet to deal with them. So I'm watching to see how much of today's cabinet shuffle is about big things like climate change, 
reconciliation. Will the same ministers, Carolyn Bennett, Mark Miller, will they still be in charge of that? Um, the post-pandemic future, uh, and that affects health, uh, you know, everything from health to finance and, and everything in between. Or is he doing things to solve little housekeeping problems he has, you know, like personnel ones? Those shuffles he's done have not worked out as well. Yeah, and, and it uh, a cabinet does reflect the priorities of the government and the prime minister, obviously. And, um, yeah. and so it'll be interesting to see where the where the emphasis is um I, you know it, i find the the choice of stephen Guibault as as environment minister interesting if that's what ends up happening there was this thought when he was first elected that uh that that he might end up as the environment minister but but the 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 reaction from some was that he was too much of an activist that he'd been too involved and was perhaps too strident on some of the issues to to be in that cabinet portfolio right yeah, I think it's a measure of how much the Prime Minister and, uh, no pun intended, the climate has changed. We are told that the Prime Minister is quite seized with climate as one of the priorities of the third term. And um, Mr. Gibo, yes, has a history as an environmental activist, but he's he's had some seasoning, some would say trial by fire, in heritage. Um, he is an activist, but he's also a pragmatist, I think we've seen. And... I think that the prime minister thinks now. I, you know, I don't. I'm not in the prime minister's head, but or or even that of his advisors. But I, I think you, you get the sense that that Mr. Gibo was tested as a minister in another department. But they really do want to put an emphasis on climate in this third term. We keep hearing that. Uh, Trudeau sees this as the the post pandemic issue of our time. Yeah. Uh, we saw what Canadians were capable of doing uh, for a global cause and a global threat during the pandemic. We saw that, um, you know, uh, the world is not the same as it was in 2019 when Mr. Gibault was first elected. So um, we kept hearing reports that there was going to be some super environment ministry and that you would see Wilkinson, the current uh, environment minister, and Gibault doing something. I haven't ruled out the idea that there will be some kind of partnership there. I don't think all the work that Wilkinson has done uh, will will just be erased by by the replacement of a new minister. I'd, I'd watch for, in this cabinet, a series of ministers together doing things, a sort of a collective action of ministers. So as, as you said, health, that will be more than one minister. Environment or climate change may be well more than one minister. So uh, again, I'm not inside there. Uh, speaking of which, they did also, there is also staff changes coming in the PMO, not massive ones, right? but um, yeah. there's a new deputy chief of staff, uh, Brian Cloud, that is that is known. Brian uh, Cloud did all the work on uh, with Christopher Freeland uh, on Canada-US stuff, and, uh, and he was issues manager for a while. So that, it tells me, the promotion tells me that, that they're also looking to uh, bump up, you know, the, the the force and clout of the PMO. Yeah. All right, let's turn away from the news about the cabinet. Uh, and of course, CPAC will have extensive coverage of that today. Um, let's talk about former Prime Minister Jean Chrétien, who um, is, is being criticized by many people for his comments about uh, residential schools. He says he never 
uh, heard when he was Minister of Indian Affairs, as the department was called then, um, that he never heard of reports of abuse uh, when he was in charge of that department. And uh, there are reports this morning, the CBC is reporting this morning, that there was, there were reports that were were sent to the department, that were made to the department when he was the minister, including one that was addressed to him. So um, what what do you make of, of this, uh, this sort of back and forth that's happened? Uh, all of this is around uh, Kretchen being back in the news and doing lots of interviews because he has a new book out. Well, as we know, Mr. Kretchen, uh, during his entire time in office, was sort of known as, as the, a Teflon man. He could pretty much say anything. He could strangle a member of the public, uh, the famous Schoenigan handshake, and not get into trouble for it. And uh, I think um, Kretchen came out on the weekend with something I think that liberals of all stripes did want to hear about the voice of experience and the fact that this new form of liberalism under Trudeau doesn't have a whole lot to do with the liberalism of Jean Chrétien. You know, they they don't go and talk to the elders that much in, in, uh, in this liberal government. And I think a lot of liberals liked that he was saying that. Then when he went and said all of this stuff, you can just hear all the people of the new liberals, the new young uh, generation of liberals, <clears throat> saying, see, this is why we don't go and talk to the older liberals. They've, it, it sort of proved our point. Right. So um, I think I think some there, there will still be the people who feel fondly about Mr. Cretin and will forgive him because he's 87 years old, he just lost his wife, uh, for for saying something that is clearly provocative, uh, if not insulting. Um, I, I think there will be people, though, who say, see, this is why you don't want the older liberals speaking out, because, uh, and it's why Justin Trudeau has done his best to distance himself from from liberals of the past, as he did with you know getting rid of all the senators, et cetera, et cetera. There is, there is a schism inside the Liberal Party that this one gets at, yeah. in other words. All right, just uh, quickly as we wrap up, Susan, the Prime Minister is about to embark on some travel and, and attend some in-person international summits, um, including the G20, um, for the first time in a long time. So what do you expect to come from that? Well, um, I, think this is, um, I, I, I think this is the reason he's saying that we haven't seen a whole lot of him over the last month and why things are taking so long to get started here at home because he's been, pre- been preparing for these summits. Uh, the COP summit, as we were talking about with climate, that's why I'm going to be watching today really closely what's happening on climate change in the cabinet, because I don't think um, you can separate what's going to be happening at the, the summit in Glasgow with what he's doing on cabinet this week. He is he is laying the foundation today for what he's going to be doing over the weekend on this uh, travel. The G20 meetings, they will be about the post-pandemic future. He will be in the same place as Joe Biden. Uh, he was back in June as well uh, at a brief meeting, but this is a, this is a sustained uh, tour on the international stage that we haven't seen the Prime Minister do, as you said, in a long time. And I think what is going on today will definitely have um, 
a place in there. Uh, he's bringing opposition members too, by the way, on on the trip to uh, to Glasgow. I think you're going to see Jagmeet Singh and Elizabeth May going with him. So uh, this is a big deal, this trip, and uh, um, probably the biggest deal in a, in a long time. Yeah. Not just because it's after COVID. All right. Great stuff, Susan. We'll watch and see what happens today. It's going to be a very interesting day. Thank you for sharing your thoughts. Thanks, Mark. That's Susan Delacourt, columnist for the Toronto Star. The reflection that goes into every single job uh, in Cabinet is uh, who is the right person to serve Canadians. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. At Politico.com, Nick Taylor Vasey argues Justin Trudeau's Cabinet is due for an overhaul. Taylor Vasey writes... The Prime Minister and his advisers have spent more than a month sorting out the next crop of ministers. It's no simple task. Three cabinet ministers lost on election night, and a fourth quit politics. Trudeau is also under pressure to reassign Defence Minister Harjit Sajjan, an underperformer who has fallen short on key files. It's all a recipe for an overhaul of the cabinet, not an exercise in tinkering. In the National Post, Kelly McParland argues Aaron O'Toole has fallen into a vaccine trap of his own making. McParland writes, O'Toole is stuck trying to explain why he's urging everyone to get inoculated against COVID while simultaneously insisting members of his own caucus shouldn't be required to do the same. It's not a position to inspire trust, esteem, or any of the other qualities required if you're going to attract enough votes to become the country's leader. It's fair enough to welcome dissenting opinions, but once they've had their say, it's time to make a decision and stick by it. If the Conservatives can't do that, they'd better get used to second place. In the Hill Times, Rose LeMay argues, it's time to take reconciliation out of the whims of partisan politics. LeMay writes, organizations that played a role need to face any prosecution for their actions, and governments are not above the law. There is a collective guilt to bear, and Canada is only just starting to feel it. This will be painful, but putting it off will only make it harder. Legislating reconciliation would take it out of the whims of partisan politics. This is not a liberal platform or a federal issue. Reconciliation is the responsibility of every political leader and elected official at every level in this country. Now here's what's coming up on today's political agenda. As we've discussed, the Prime Minister will announce the new federal cabinet at about 10.30 Eastern Time. CPAC will have extensive coverage. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Tuesday, October the 26th. Tune into Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.